bless you, Father. Oh, Father, we just break open the bread of life for your people. We ask you, Father, and we thank and praise you, Lord. We want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the kingdom of God is not of this world. Amen. And people need to hear the gospel of the kingdom of God. People need to hear it. Amen. They need to hear the good news. The gospel is called the good news. And we all can use the good news. Amen. Especially those that don't know God. Why don't we turn to John 18, verse 36. Hallelujah. And in John 18, 36, Jesus is talking to Pilate. And he was assuring the governor that he was not leading a political revolution to overthrow Rome because they were always afraid that Jesus was doing something that he was not supposed to be doing, as you know. And so Jesus, he followed the rules. He was just trying to do what he was called to do. Amen. But how many of you know when you just do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get in trouble with somebody. Somebody's going to get mad at you just for doing what you are called to do, and you might get in trouble. And so this was uh, Jesus' story all the time. So in John 18, verse 36, it says, And Jesus answered, and this is Pilate. He was talking to him. He says, "Uh, My kingdom is not of this world. And if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And of course, of course nobody understood it. Amen. You know, the gospel is, is foolishness to the carnal man. You know, those who don't know the Lord or those who have religion, they are confused when it comes to the gospel because it's foolishness. Amen. Hallelujah. But he didn't want people to think he was trying to lead a revolt or a spiritual movement. He was just uh, trying to do what he was supposed to do when he was supposed to do it. Because, of course, this was right before I think he was going to go to that cross. And so he didn't have a whole lot of time to waste like we don't. Amen. Amen. And we're supposed to be about our father's business. And so Jesus knew what he was supposed to be doing, and he did it. Amen. So Jesus is not of this world. Amen. And neither are you. How about that? <laughs> we are not out of. Uh, we are not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. So then, if we are not of this world, and the kingdom of God is not of this world then why does the church always try to compromise with the world when we live in two different worlds? Amen. But the church is always compromising with the world. We're trying to dress like them, be like them, think like them. Amen. When they should be trying to be what we are and who we are, act like us. Amen. But we are always, and when I say we, I mean we the church. We're always mimicking what the world is doing, and that's called compromise. 
And we don't need to compromise. Amen. We're always compromising with the world. We're trying to please them and befriend them instead of being role models and teaching them. Because I know if you continue to do what you do, then they will follow you. Because they will have no other choice. Amen. And preach the kingdom to them. And that's what they need. They don't need us to accept them how they are. But we need to be examples. Because we are the salt of the earth. We are the salt. They need what we have. Amen. And so we need to remember as Christians who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And we are examples at all times. Amen. And we're not to compromise with the world. We're not to please them. We're not trying to be accepted by the world. Amen. Because it will never happen. You know, the world, they will be nice to you for a season or they'll be satisfied for a little while. Then they're mad again. Amen. That's just how the devil is. You can never please him. So you might as well take a firm stand Stop compromising and do what God has called you to do. And he has called us to be witnesses, to be a witness. Amen. And not to compromise or to scale it down, you know, trying to make it feel right. Or that's what religion is. Religion always tries to make it okay. But going to hell is not okay. Amen. It's not okay. You know, the Bible says hell is for no man. And so we need to really start to check ourselves as to how we, how we carry ourselves and stop compromising with the world because it just won't work. We need to open our mouths and let God fill it. God will fill your mouth if you open it. And don't try to control what God has to say because then that's the watered down gospel. And so many churches are watering down the gospel so much so to the point where they don't even open their Bibles because they want people to feel free and feel like there's no pressure. And so we need to not do that, but we need to, not that we need to hound them and blast them, that's not what I'm saying, but just be who we are and let them be who they are and be a good example. Amen. Hallelujah. So the gospel must be preached and you and not watered down but it must be preached and it is foolishness to those who are perishing hallelujah did we ever uh, yeah we read that let's go to first corinthians one <clears throat> hallelujah first corinthians one eighteen. Verse 18, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Are y'all here? But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Amen. And bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since 
in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to those who those who believe. Verse 22 says, for Jews for Jews request <clears throat> signs. You know, this is because they were superstitious. They request signs and Greek seek after wisdom. That's religion. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Are y'all listening? Hallelujah. It says in 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Amen. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Like your president. Just an example. Amen. Despised by many. It says, and the things which are not to bring to notice the things that are. Hallelujah. That no flesh should glory in God's presence. You see why God does things? You kind of understand why he does things the way he does. Because he doesn't want anybody thinking it's them or they know everything or they're, you know, they're at the top of their game. And people understand this. Preachers understand this. And this is why they water down the gospel. Because they want to draw people. They, they are looking at that collection plate. I'm not trying to come down on anybody. I'm just telling the truth. They want to build big buildings. And they know they need people to do it. And so they water down the gospel. But this is not God's choosing. Amen. He chooses the foolish things. To confound the wisdom of the wise. So in other words, nine times out of ten, those people are not even called. They're just in the flesh doing what they want to do. Amen. Trying to be accepted by the world. Amen. This gospel must be preached. Hallelujah. Let's go. So I, we did First uh, Corinthians, right? Talk about the message of the cross. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the gospel is a foreign subject and pierces hearts of those who hear because the anointing is on God's word. So stay pure to God and speak his words only. See, you wonder why people would water down the gospel when the anointing is on the word of God and, and preach it as it is. And so this is what pierces heart and changes men from evil men to men who humble themselves before God. You know, and this is, this is the, the power that changes hearts when it's preached, when the gospel is preached. Amen. But people have to have an ear to hear. Amen. And the anointing is on God's word. So stay pure to God's word and speak his words only. Amen. Let's go to first. Corinthians 2, 
4. Let's move over. <clears throat> and it says, this is Paul talking. And he says, and my speech and my preaching were not with pers- persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So Paul is saying, look, you don't do anything in your own power. You don't do anything trying to to please man. But what you do is when you preach the gospel, you preach under the authority of Jesus, under the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and you look to please God and not man. Amen? Because we have to preach the pure word of God. Not something off of somebody's pad, but out of the word of God. Open that Bible and read. let those pages speak to the world. Amen? You have to allow the word to do its work. The word works, but you can't substitute the word for an opinion. Amen? And that's what we hear a lot of times when people are preaching the word. We hear a lot of opinion. But we don't hear what God really is saying through the, the, the Holy Spirit. The pages are supposed to lift up off of the book and witness to somebody. Amen? But if we water everything down and pamper the word so that it will please people and not make them angry then nobody gets delivered. Then everything is for nothing. Amen. We're just raising, building buildings and raising whatever they do. Amen. I used to be a part of that years ago, but I was looking for more. And, you know, we need to desire more of God and less of flesh, less of man. Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul said his speech (laughs) and his preaching were not with persuasive words, but he was telling the people, look, it may not sound too cool to you, and it may not be what you want to hear, but I'm coming in in, in the power and demonstration of the word of God. And that's what's going to work for somebody. That's what's going to deliver somebody and set somebody free. Amen. And so people are offended because God hasn't given them what they wanted. So they don't want to hear the truth. But preach. (laughs) Preach anyhow. Tell them the truth anyway. Amen. Hallelujah. Because this word of God will latch on to somebody and come back and, and, and work on their hearts and work on their minds. And so we must preach the pure word of God. We don't need to sugarcoat it so that the world will like us anymore. Amen. Religion doesn't like the word either. Religion does not like the pure word of God. You know, the, people want to hear, oh, God's going to do that thing. You know, he, he's going to do this or they're going to get money. Amen. And that's not the gospel. You know, God in, in Philippians, it says that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that should be enough for a believer. But what we need is deliverance. We need uh, salvation. 
We need healing. We need all of these things so much more than a car and some money. Although those things are nice. And God wants us to have them. But we need the, the word, the pure word of God preached in power and in demonstration. And this is what Paul is trying to explain to, the, to uh, his, his fellow disciples and, and to Timothy and those that he said uh, in the other churches. He wanted them not to faint but to stay strong and not let the people sway them when they were preaching, you know. Not to get weak but to give it to them just like it was. Amen. So the gospel must be preached and we need to hear truth. Whether God has given you what you prayed for or not. We still need truth, amen? Maybe we'll find out why we don't have it or what we're doing wrong. Or maybe we'll just find it it's just not time and we're good with God. Amen? Hallelujah. But the gospel will be preached. Not only must it be preached, it will be preached. Amen? And it's going to cause you to lose friends, but it'll win you some friends too. Amen? Hallelujah. Being not of this world means... We have a higher heavenly call. We're not of this world. And we have, so we have a higher heavenly call. Amen? Amen. And that is a heavenly calling, a purpose, and a destination. So we're not out here just fumbling around. We're not out here lost. Are y'all here? But we know where we're going, and we know what we're doing, and we know that God is with us. Amen? And we know that there is a just reward, there is a crown, there is a prize, all of these things. But we have to walk by faith and not by sight and preach the gospel and trust God to do whatever it is that he has called you to do. Trust him because he knows what he's doing. Amen. This world and its priorities are fading away. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. And that's in 1 John 2.17, if you want to write that down, 1 John 2.17, and read that later. And it says, those who do the will of God will abide forever. And it's talking about eternal life. Amen. So there are um, a lot, there is a lot that we can look forward to by obeying God and preaching the gospel. Amen. Don't ever think it's for nothing. Because I believe in heaven there's a track record. With every name of the person that you've laid hands on. Every person that you've led to the Lord. Every person that you've ministered to. Whether you're at work or in your car or in your backyard. Every per- I believe God knows exactly what we're doing amen when some people were in the hospital uh, miss jan was ministering she never stopped ministering to people she never quit preaching the gospel and people received didn't they they didn't turn you away and so amen she you know she continued to to preach the gospel and to do what god had called her to do they didn't want to let her out of there and i'm like uh that's where i draw the line (laughs) Amen. I said, no, it's time for her to go. I think I better tell her. (laughs) She said, yeah, I know. We were saying it's time for me to leave. I said, well, confirmation. 
But you know, that's the that's what we do. We preach wherever we go. Amen. And there's always someone there to receive it. So let's go to Philippians 3. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And that's encouraging, too, because whatever our situation, we still have the word of God in our minds, in our hearts, and in our mouth. And we are never just sitting lame, uh, incapacitated. We have the word of God. Amen. Philippians 3.20. And it's talking about not being the gospel, I mean the kingdom of God, not being part of this world. It says, uh, let's see, in verse 20, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Amen. But we have a, a, a home and it's not of this world. So if we're in the world but not of the world, if we're followers of Christ, and we're made in his image, and he is not of the, this world. And if our home, now we read in Philippians 3.20 that we have a home and it's not of this world. Because our citizenship is in heaven. Why are we trying to, why are we trying to convince the world that we're okay? So if you think about that, we're trying to convince the world that we're nice people. Amen. It just doesn't make sense. Amen. We need to tell them more about where our citizenship is. Amen. And, and where is this place? You know, even if you confuse them like Jesus confused the this, this, this Pharisees. Amen. At least you can get them to thinking. But most people, I think, in the world would want to understand and know and want to hear more. They want to hear more. Because their antennas are tuned in tune to to the gospel and to what we have to say and it's it has deliver deliverance power saving power it has the power of grace and everything that's good on it's it's that word is anointed with all these things that we need and that the sinner needs it's there's compassion and there's um you know, so many other things I can't think right now. But we need to preach the gospel. Amen. And they need to hear it. They want to hear it. Amen. John fourteen two. And let's see. And it talks about, let's go there. I was going to try not to, but I don't want to do that. I didn't plan to go there, but I need to. Let's see. And it says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. This is Jesus talking. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you will be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Amen. And so this is what we were saying about our citizenship is in heaven. And we have a home in heaven. We have mansions in heaven. Amen. I don't know if they're going to be big, small. I don't know. But I know we have mansions in heaven. And everybody is assigned one. It doesn't make any difference whose is the biggest. I'll take, well, I want a mansion. Amen. Hallelujah. I want all that God has for me. Amen. And we have a a lasting city. But we seek the city that is to come. Amen. So in other words, when we as believers, we don't talk the same about, we don't talk the same as people in the world. We talk about things that we can't see. And they talk about things that are in the now. They talk about uh, what happened yesterday. And we're told, remember Lot's wife. So we, as believers, we see into the invisible realm. The, the world doesn't. And they're wondering what's wrong with us. But see, we have so many precious promises that God has given us and so much more <clears throat> to look forward to. Amen? But we need to trust God and trust what he is doing <clears throat> And then we will begin to see, if we start to trust God, we will start to seek that city that is to come. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's in Hebrews 13:4. If you want to read that later, write that down. We have a perspective that is not of this world. See, everything for Christians is different from those people in the world. So we have a home. Let's see, what else do we, we talk about? <clears throat> we preach the gospel. We have a heavenly call- calling because the kingdom is not of the world. We have a, a heavenly citizenship. Our, this is not our home. We have mansions. And now we're learning that we have a perspective that is not of this world. We, like Moses, endure because we see, <clears throat> excuse me, we see the unseen. And that's in Hebrews 11, so why don't we turn there? Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, and not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. And he passed through the Red Sea, it's by dry land. And the Egyptians t- attempted, and this is important, the Egyptians in- attempted to do the same thing and they drowned. Yeah. So can't you see that our lives are different? Yeah. What Moses did and his believers that traveled with him, they passed through the Red Sea. And when, when the, the people of the world tried to do it, they drowned. And that should tell us that we do, do not have the same life or lifestyle or world or we're not looking forward to the same things but we live in an invisible kingdom we see through the invisible our promises are in the invisible realm 
But if an unbeliever tries to believe what we believe, that's why it's foolishness to them. They don't understand it. Because we're looking at something and it's very visible to us and it's non-visible to them. Y'all see what I'm saying? So we have such so much to look forward to as uh, the people of God. Amen. So why don't we read Hebrews 11:27? <coughs> it says, "By faith he forsook Egypt, and we're talking about Moses, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And by faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of the, br- the blood, lest uh, he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them." By faith he passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so and were drowned. Uh, Let's see. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were um, encircled for seven days. Let's see. I want to go back up to 24. That's where I should have went up instead of down. It says, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. And that was an excellent sacrifice. It says, choosing, verse 25, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than he treasures than the treasures in Egypt for he looked to the reward and then it says by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible it's foolishness to mere man it's foolishness to those who don't believe But to us, it makes so much sense because we have so much to look forward to. God is, he has everything planned. And and this is the thing, everybody is invited. Nobody is shut out. Amen. You know, and this is why the gospel must be preached. Amen. It must be preached. Jesus isn't of this world and neither are we. So when we... We are born into the family of God. We participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. So in other words, we are partakers of Jesus' divine nature. The world is not. Amen. But they can be if they hear the gospel preached. And this is why it is so much. See, they're missing out on so much. Amen. They're missing, and a lot of believers who are just uh, going to church, church goers, but they're missing out on so much because they don't know. They don't really know the Lord. They don't know about the the hidden kingdom. They don't know about uh, the mansions in heaven and these things that we know about. We walk as Jesus walked, and he was out, he was not out of step with. Uh, the kingdom but he was out of step with the world he didn't walk in step with the world and we're not supposed to either we're not to walk in step with the world amen hallelujah and so that's in first john 2 6 if you want to write that down see the world relies on what they can see that's what i'm saying 
the world relies on what they can see. We rely on the word of God and what we know. Amen. And so we know so much more than the world does, and that's why they need to be quiet and listen and allow us to <laughs> preach the gospel. You, you ever been shut down by somebody that you said, I'm going to, you know, and then they didn't want to hear it. But they know so little about the word of God. They know so little about the precious promises of God. They know so little about uh, the kingdom of God and all of the righteousness that we receive because of who we are. You know, they don't know that we are peculiar people, a holy nation. They don't know anything about that. And so that this is why the gospel must be preached to every creature. You know, everybody must be given a chance to walk in holiness and to enjoy the blessings of God just like we are. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. Let's go back there. How will they hear if we don't open up our mouths? Amen. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Hallelujah. We understand a lot of things, uh, spiritual things, that the world will never understand. But we have to preach the gospel while it is yet day. We have weapons that are not of this world. See, everything pertaining to us in everyday life is not of this world. Our weapons are not of this world. Our enemy is spiritual. So naturally, we need spiritual weapons. We can't fight a spiritual enemy with carnal weapons. Amen? Your, your neighbor is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. You know, our enemy is the devil. Amen. So our enemy is spiritual, and our weapons are spiritual, but we need spiritual strategies for battle. Amen? And so we can't use carnal weapons. Let's see. So 2 Corinthians 10, sorry about that. Just flip over or push a, push a button, whatever, y'all. 10 verse 4. And it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And so there is a divine strategy for battle. We pull down carnal, you, we can pull down carnal strongholds with spiritual power. Amen. Now, we can do that because, see, our power works in the natural realm also. But they must be spiritual, uh, spiritual, it's spiritual power, but we must use spiritual ammunition. We must use everything spiritual to get a, a, a spiritual battle. This is what I'm trying to say. To win a spiritual battle that's fought in the natural realm. That's what I'm trying to say. It's fought in the natural realm, but still we need spiritual ammunition, a spiritual strategy, spiritual uh, power. But we need all of that to fight this spiritual battle in the natural realm. Amen. So I'm, I don't want to try to 
confuse anybody. But we have divine power to destroy strongholds and are not of the flesh. They're not fleshly uh, weapons. They're not fleshly, but they work in the natural realm. And they will work on flesh too. Amen. But we need to understand what it is that we're doing and how to use spiritual authority and spiritual power to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish here on earth. Although this is our world and our, um, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not here. It's, it's you know, we, we um, this is not our home, like we said, but we still fight the battle here. In the natural, and we need, but we need spiritual weapons because it's a spiritual fight. Amen. So we, let's see, we have divine power, and that's what we need to destroy strongholds, and are not of the flesh. Fleshly power won't work in a spiritual war, even though the war is here in the in the flesh, in the natural. Amen. But they work on natural power. They work against natural strength. Amen. They work against natural strength. Amen. And so if you don't believe it, you can read all about all of the different confrontations and wars that uh, is in the, in the Bible. And think about the three Hebrew boys that were put in that natural furnace. That wasn't a spiritual fire. That was real fire. Amen. But spiritual intervention saved them from that natural fire because spiritual weapons work everywhere. But, but the enemy that they were fighting was uh, not fought in the natural arena, but they work. And they didn't use natural. You know, that was uh, when they were let out of that furnace, when they didn't burn it, it was four men in there. And so they saw the fourth man in the fire, but he was uh, of the spiritual realm. But, the, but his power worked, amen, and they, they were saved. I hope I said that right. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. You're just going to bleed me, but that's okay. It's quite all right. I'll keep preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have power that's not of this world. See, everything weapons, everything that concerned us is not of this world. They are, they are of the spiritual, you know, spiritual realm because we're spiritual beings. Amen. Let's go to Zechariah 4. And I'm almost done. And I think it's good for us to understand and to know that we cannot attack a spiritual problem by natural means. And it's good for us to know and understand where our power comes from. Amen. We need to know how to address the natural realm when we have a spiritual battle going on. It can all be done. And we have been given the necks of our enemies, but we still have to apply pressure with supernatural weapons. And they work. They work every time. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Because God is with us. Hallelujah. Uh, Zechariah 4, verse 6. And it says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And see, this is what I've been saying in so many words. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Amen? Hallelujah. See, God's grace can accomplish a lot of things. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts have sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? Amen. For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Amen. I won't go any further, but we need to know that nothing is done by might, natural might, and natural power. But it's done spiritually by the Spirit of God that gives us, we can't even evaluate the power of the Spirit. Amen. We can't, because then they don't even start talking about the angels. When you can call your 12 legion of angels and they have so much strength and they can undo anything that has come against you. So the, the spirit realm is full of power, full of might, full of assistance for every Christian. It's full of everything that we need. But we need to understand that we don't, uh, we can't get this confused with the natural, natural strength and natural power. And nat- anything that is of the natural, because we are not of this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. So not by might nor by power. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 20, verse 7 says that some trust in chariots. Amen. And that's a warfare arsenal of strength. Some in horses. But we remember the name of the Lord God. Amen. And so when you're up against the, a, a strong enemy. The word is telling us, but it's not by your might or power that you'll come through, but you have spiritual power and strength. You have victory through the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's already been designed for you to win. All you have to do is trust in it and speak it. You know, use uh, the word of God as the sword of the spirit. Amen. But see, we have to know these things and trust in these things and, and do exactly what, because God will give you uh, the right word for the right situation. Amen. And the word is the, the, the uh, word of the, word of God is the, the is like a, a hand grenade. That you throw when, you know, when the enemy comes against you. Jesus threw them all the time at the enemy. Every time he was confronted. Because he knew how to use his spiritual weapons. Amen. And so we don't need to uh, make the world feel comfortable. 
Amen. They need to know about spiritual weapons. They need to know what the gospel is talking about. And in the gospel, there's everything that we need. Amen. Hallelujah. We live in a paradox. And that is, when I am weak, yet I am strong. Amen. But the world don't talk like that. They say I'm down and out, crushed, and I'm going through the floor. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. But Paul said crushed and not, what is it? Pressed. Yeah, and not out, down but not out. But the world doesn't talk like that. So you can see that it's so much different, the way we live and the way we think. And it's foolishness to the world because if you get in front of some people and talk like that, they really don't like it. They really don't like it because they, they think that you're not, how can I put it? You're not facing reality. Amen. But this word works. These spiritual weapons work. Everything in the kingdom works because the kingdom is all powerful. Amen. The kingdom has every answer for every natural situation. <clears throat> so our peace is not of this world. Everything that pertains to us is not of this world. Amen. Hallelujah. If we look to the world for peace, we'd be in sad shape. Our peace has to come from God. This is just an example of how we live versus the world, how the world lives. Our peace is not of this world. Amen. Our peace comes from God. Amen. And in, in John 14... We'll we'll, uh, read that, and I think that'll be my last scripture. John 14. Verse 27. Sorry about that. And it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not, not as the world gives, do I give you. See, the world's peace and our peace are two different things. That's why we don't have to worry about, we're not walking around worrying about getting in a war. We're not worried about that because we already know the answer to that. Amen. We win. Because we look in, we're looking into the, the supernatural realm, past the natural realm. And if you're a believer, you see what's beyond your scope. (laughs) And so we know that we don't have to fear because we know that we've already won the war. The supernatural war and the natural war has already been won. Amen. So we don't have to worry about these things. When you have the peace of God, you don't worry about a natural war. You just don't worry about it because you know God has already intervened. He's already given us a strategy. He's already given us hope. And the world can't take it away from you unless you relinquish it to them. And so you need to, when people start talking like that, you have to speak up and just let them know, no, God has called us to peace. Amen. He has not called us to war, and if that happens, we, we will win because we're not losers. You know, we have the Holy Spirit on our side. We have everything that we need to win a war. Amen. 
and it's already done. God's already taken care of these things. It's the thing is your peace is in what you believe. Amen. So it says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. So Jesus answers every question that we have. He gives us peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Amen. And he's connected to uh, the peace that's on the inside of us. And we don't worry about what may happen or may not because either way it's just like the three hebrew boys they were facing the fiery furnace and they didn't let it bother them because they knew that they were not going in there by themselves they knew that they had victory they knew that the person who had called them was also the person that would save them amen and so they didn't worry so we don't worry about world peace because god has already given us his peace because he is the prince of peace. Amen. And nothing can take this this peace away. That's the thing about it. Once God give you your peace, you the world can't steal it. Amen. Nobody can take your peace unless you just don't want it anymore and you rather walk in the natural instead of walking in the spirit. But if you walk in the spirit and walk in love, you will have great peace. And you don't worry about what might happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because our prayers, you can always pray and change a situation. (laughs) We have every available tool given to us to take care of those things. And once we prayed and prayed it through, we have peace and it is done. And we just look for the changes to come as we continue to obey God and do what we're called to do. Amen. So the gospel of peace is a threat to the the political correctiveness. I, I know I said that wrong. Let me say that right. Political correctness threatens our our speech, our free speech, and it threatens our peace. Let's let's put it like that. The gospel is a threat to political correctness. I'll put that like that. So we must stand in the purity of the word of God. Amen. Political correctness desires to speak a certain way to sound good and gain supporters. It's like political correctness Correctness is saying, say whatever you have to say. Lie, straight face. That's why politicians are so good at doing it because they're used to doing it. But that that spirit, that political correctness will come in and tell us what to say, how to say it, and what to believe. But we we don't bow to that. Amen? Hallelujah. It threatens our free speech, and we cannot be. The Bible says that the... The gospel cannot be silenced. It has to speak freely. Amen. And so we don't, see, we don't really think that one has something to do with the other, but it very much does. Amen. And so we need to know who we are, know our rights, and know what we are saying, know what we need to say. And so we don't need to fall a victim of political correctness. Speak, speak in truth. Speak the word only. Speak in power. Amen. And, and just speak in truth. And, and uh, 
whatever God has told you to do, wherever he sends you, just preach in season and out of season. Preach the word of God and don't be shut up. Amen. Because we have weapons and they are not of this world. So nothing that concerns a Christian is of this world. Everything that concerns us has already been taken care of and it is not of this world. So if we apply what we know, apply uh, the rules, I hate to say rules, but whatever, however you want to explain it. Apply the spiritual weapons, use them properly. In other words, you, you must know who you are, what you have, how valuable it is, and when to apply it. And when you do, you will just have a, a, a wonderful life. And then you can start thinking about all of these things that's added. You know, like the gifts that are free. Healing is free, you know. Um, you, you'll know how to uh, pray for your finances and keep money coming in your house. You know, and all these things won't be um, a shocker for you. You know, it's just everyday living and trusting God and trusting in what he's already done and already told you. See, if something is a gift, then you just go on and open it. Amen. So you don't have to pray for all. Some of these things we don't have to pray for. God's already prepared them for you. It's got your name on them. Just open the gift. Amen. Or appropriate the word of God to receive what God has already done for you. Putting it in another way. But we don't, some of this stuff we don't have to pray for. You know, we just trust God and it's a free gift. Open the gift. Amen. You know, it's just like you, uh, somebody would... Wrap a gift up and put it on your desk at your job and say, well, you know, it's your birthday. I got your gift. And you say, okay, I'll unwrap it. And you sit and waiting for the right time to unwrap it. And it's been sitting there weeks and weeks and weeks. And see, life is just not like that. The spirit life is not like that. When something is free, you go at it. Somebody give you a gift, you go right away and open it up. So God has free gifts for us all the time. And some of us have not bothered to open them. Because we don't understand that they're already appropriated. All we have to do is <laughs> just, just trust God to, to enjoy the things that's already been given to us. It's already given. Amen. And so we need to trust the word of God. Uh, this kingdom is not of this world. And if we can separate the two and then blend them together knowing what's on the heart of God and knowing what this Bible is telling us, then we can, I think, live um, a more content life because God, the kingdom of God gives us or makes us content, <clears throat> content in every way. And so you have to understand these things that God has already freely given to us and just receive them with gladness and not test them or uh, question them. See, we do more questioning than anything else. But God's already done all of these things. So the kingdom of God is not just, that's why it's not just meat and drink. But it's love, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We can spend our time enjoying what God's already done for us, then always in the war. Amen. Or always having to 
struggle because that's not the kingdom of God has no struggle. We don't struggle. Amen. It's already done. It's already done. It's already prepared for us. And so we just need to know what's ours. We need to know who we are. We know what's ours, and then we we appropriate whatever we need to appropriate to live peacefully in the kingdom of God, in this world, because we're living in the world, but we're not of the world. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. Now now you have a a, a, a sermon for somebody that's going to want to hear it. Amen. Because there's someone waiting because there's a lot of confusion going on in the churches. You know, nobody takes a Bible. Nobody opens it up. Nobody's preaching the, the gospel. And a, and a lot of these questions people have, but they don't really want to ask them because they don't even know where to begin. But I'm telling you the the gospel must be preached and we have the goods that we must, uh, Get on to doing what God has called us to do. It's not a big deal. It's just a natural thing that if you're born again, it's natural for you and me. And there are those that really are waiting to hear what we have to say. Amen. I'm going to stop now. Father, we do thank you for your word. And we praise you and we lift you up. Amen. Amen.